This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. This is Season 5, Episode 5. Amazing. At some point, we'll have to talk more about the Bengals. I almost think we need to do it like a pre-Super Bowl one. Yeah, we'll do a, a Cincinnati-based. Why don't we do that? We'll do a, hey, this is all about Cincinnati. We'll get Damon on. Maybe we should have Damon. Yeah. And Damon will... and Jason, two big <laughs> Bengals fans. Yeah. Um. Big for our city. Um, we'll talk more about that. But thanks for listening. This is um, brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can follow us on Twitter at EMI underscore research or in Telecast One. You can leave, a, leave us a voicemail or text at 513-401-5463. Joining us today, Chesky Rosenzweig of Cloud Research. Um, Cloud Research is um, after Adam Dietrich, former host of the poll party in the employee here went to cloud research and then he's moved on but we had chesky rosenzweig on to talk about some what they're doing in terms of like um data quality which is really interesting he mentioned acquiescence bias which um i was really proud of um you don't hear that term enough and that's very common in our industry um i think you two had a lot in common you both are high on data quality you both love marble racing (laughs) yeah i mean come on yeah, this guy. Yeah, I, I mentioned Yali's Marble Racing, which I've mentioned on this podcast a bunch of times. They should be a sponsor. And um, he said, "Oh yeah, I, I know Yali. I watched the Marble Racing." Um, but he's the senior research and product scientist at Cloud Research. Smart guy. They're doing some pretty cool stuff at Cloud Research. Um, they have a product called Sentry, which helps with data quality. Um, probably pretty similar to our data quality suite. They have, some, you know, some different tweaks here and there. He'll talk about it in the podcast. But you know, it's, it's always good to see other people trying to lift the bar up in data quality that lifts up the industry itself. So with no further ado, here is Chesky. Joining me now, I'm real excited to have Chesky Rosenzweig. He's at Cloud Research. He is the Senior Research and Product Scientist. Chesky, how are you, man? Thanks for joining. I'm great. It's a pleasure to be with you, Brian. Yeah, it's really nice to meet you and talk to you. I'm a big fan of Cloud Research. Y'all do some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So Maybe that's how we can start off is maybe your, your background and, and as part of that, maybe what brought you to cloud research and who is cloud research? Sure, absolutely. So um, I was uh, together with cloud research kind of from the beginning in some ways. So as an undergrad student, one of the founders of cloud research was my advisor and kind of mentor while I was studying psychology. Oh, wow. Um, he was he was sort of the research guru at uh, Turo, where I went to school, grant called Lander College. And um, yeah, he's he's really fantastic. And we were doing some early research that that sort of turned into cloud research at the time. Okay. And um, Labe kind of, uh, you know, in the academic sphere, uh, people were much more familiar with 
very small pieces of what you can do online. So platforms like Mechanical Turk. I don't know if you're yeah, familiar yeah. with it. Yeah. So it was, it, it was and still is kind of one of the most popular ways for academics to collect data. And right. in, in like 2010, um, there were like people started publishing hundreds of papers on what Mechanical Turk is and whether or not uh, the data that you get are good and are the people sort of who they say they are. Um, and so kind of a part of that burgeoning early research into using Mechanical Turk. Um, and that really in turn kind of led to the creation of cloud research, which started off just as a uh, product for Mechanical Turk to really help users use it. Because mTurk is not a platform that was made for research. It was a platform that was created for like micro tasks. So, you know, yeah. you, have a, you have a recording of something, you can upload it and somebody will like transcribe it for you, right? Really different, still really cool, but not yeah. traditional survey stuff. And so there's a lot of things that researchers couldn't do that they uh, really wanted to do. Um, so, Wabe and the other co-founder, who was also a faculty member at the same institution, but in the computer science side, uh, built out this toolkit that allowed researchers to do all kinds of things that they wanted to, like easily run longitudinal studies, um, you know, target certain participant groups, things like that. And so cloud research was born there, but has grown to a lot more. Um, and now we, we've kind of expanded and have a number of products which are all centered around connecting researchers to the right kinds of participants who provide high quality data. Okay. Um, and I'm happy to tell you a little bit about those specific products, but that's how I got to cloud research. So I kind of took a hiatus from um, doing some of this uh, research on into online data quality, uh, started a clinical psych PhD program and then came back around when uh, there was an opportunity for me to actually join the company that had grown leaps and bounds while I was off in grad school. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's how I got where I am today. Well, you know, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile and you got a, a fantastic recommendation. I don't know if Brian has seen this, for, but from our friend Priscilla McKinney. I have it's amazing. That, yeah. Yeah. Chesky is smart and humble. He'll be a first draft pick for me when assembling a team to solve a tough challenge. I mean, there's no better. I mean, yeah, that's, I think... that's thank you. yeah. Priscilla is really kind, and uh, it's it's yeah. been a pleasure working with her a little bit on on some initiatives here. Yeah, awesome. And so you mentioned data quality. So what kind of led you into kind of the passion around determining quality and what the research that you do? Yeah, you know, again, coming at it from where I started, which was in academia, is like such a different perspective, I think, from where a lot of market research people are at. So the market research world has access to all of these amazing kind of like millions of people around the world, right? Yep. And I think the reach is incredible and it's obviously developed over like tens of years, right? But uh, probably rose up a lot quicker kind of in the last two decades. Um, but in the academic world, like there was really just this one platform that people were using for a good chunk of time. And it was so highly scrutinized as to who the people are, where they're coming from, what does their data look like? And that that's sort of, that was my introduction to the online research world. And so it kind of makes sense coming from that place once we, once I learned about some of these broader panels that exist that really can expand the reach tremendously, 
that my curiosity kind of was tied to the same sorts of questions, but on that much larger scale. Um, and I think to some degree, the, the, a similar story can probably be said for the company uh, in some ways. Right, right. Um, so maybe give us the approach that you think about with data quality. And now that you've obviously used Mechanical Turk um, quite a bit, and now you have a lot of exposure to more, I guess, traditional um, in our world, what we call panels, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. How do you think about data quality? Yeah, so, I mean, we've moved away largely from Mechanical Turk, you know, as our sort of go-to. We really think about things from sort of a fit-for-purpose framework where, you know, every study needs something different, right, in terms of who they want to reach and uh, also in terms of, like, what they want participants to do. And, like, because we do have access now to, like, tons and tons of panels, um, and we, we, we basically built... Uh, a system to be able to give us as much access as possible to be able to sort of apply that fit for purpose framework as freely as we could, right? And so we, we developed this tool called Prime Panels, which essentially is um, how we connect with lots of panels that we're in partnership with. And we, we use some data quality tools on top of that. And our uh, main data quality tool is called Sentry. Um, and it's it's what we use across actually all of our products um, in kind of different ways. It's a pretty flexible tool. And it's a pre-survey vetting system that um, allows us to differentiate between high and low quality participants before they enter in the survey, kind of routing the good ones in and routing the bad ones towards a quality termination link. And we, we've kind of put a lot of a lot of time into developing that uh, that product. We're pretty proud I, of it. I bet, you know, as someone, you know, that does kind of something similar, use a little bit different terminology, but we, we do kind of have the same roles. Um, we have uh, built our own product. And so, I, yes, I, the development time and the amount of hours and thought and tweaks um, is um, considerable, to say the least. So I could commend mm -hmm. you on um, building something. Did you say it was called Sentry? Sentry, yes. Sentry. With an, with an S, as in the one who guards um, and tries to keep the data, the bad data out. Very and good. Yeah. Brian probably likes the brand name there. I like it too. I do. <laughs> Does yeah. it have all the vowels? S E N T R Y. Very good. All right. We, it passes our sniff test. I don't know if you know, but a lot of times we are critical of like names. Because now there's this all new Don't thing about <laughs> no vowels and lots of Q's and Z's and Y's instead of certain other vowels. And it just drives me crazy. So that, that passes my SIF test for sure. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, it was it was a choice kind of coming up with the name. I actually think Adam was played an important part in coming up with the name too. Um, some of our some yeah. of our early we he also was designing slides with, you know, uh, yeah. People stand in guard at, at, at various watchtowers, and it, Interesting. it was fun, fun to make. Yeah, you mentioned that's Adam Dietrich, former guest and employee of EMI Research Solutions, who also worked at Cloud Research and has moved on to something different now. Um, we could both probably praise him. So, um, yes, they so yes, it looks they like there's some, you have a some semantic network-based methods. Is that 
explain that for me. That sounds interesting and technical. Sure. Yeah, it does sound a little bit technical. So so Sentry includes um, both technical checks um, that are kind of standard in in the industry, plus some more, and also really kind of nifty questions on the behavioral side that allow us to get sort of that full picture of to try to capture all kinds of bad data as they come in, or, you know, kind of as much as you can. because it's an ever-ending battle, certainly. But you know, we tried to put together the fullest package um, that we think is kind of out there, um, all in one place. So one of the types of behavioral checks that we have involve um, questions that are built using a semantic network. Um, and so this is this kind of came from some of our academic backgrounds. We have. Got you know I'm I'm in psychology. We have a cognitive uh, scientist on the team, and you know one of the most fundamental things that we kind of came out of that field uh, is that like humans make associations between the things that we experience, right? And that includes words, right? And so you know by the time you're a fully fledged human who's been living and hearing and seeing uh, and speaking you have like a basic framework of that that you share by and large with everyone else in society about like what words and concepts are associated with each other. And so this semantic network-based method tries to utilize those basic associations. And the way that we do that is we actually build models using AI um, that scroll across uh, like giant corpuses of text and actually quantifies the connectivity between different words and then we're able to use that to create um, like a library of thousands of questions that are actually all of the same difficulty level. And so, you know, we we spend a lot of time programming it to make sure that it's not, say, biased against people. You know, a lot of sort of red herring questions that you might see require high levels of vocabulary or kind of nifty trick. It's it's kind of straightforward. It requires basic understanding of the English language. And each question of a, is of a specific difficulty level. And the questions kind of tap into this, you know, what word um, is most associated with another? And we can set the specific parameters for the correct answer choice and also the incorrect ones. And this gives us a really great quick snapshot way of making sure that people are speaking the language of the survey and actually reading the question and responding uh, intelligently. Very interesting. That sounds. Uh very unique kind of in the marketplace as well. Um, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun to, to sort of build and create. Um, you know, some of this sort of came from our initial efforts when we were first dipping into the market research world and we're like, oh, what do we do about data quality? And we, you know, in the traditional academic way, published a paper about pre-survey vetting techniques and how that can really improve the data quality in survey. Um, Obviously, not to take away from in-survey solutions, which are yep. great and critical too, um, but we want to do everything that we can to minimize that burden of collecting those participants and having to do that in-survey uh, checking, which you know varies a whole lot across uh, research practitioner. Um, right. So yeah, we published that paper, and then uh, after designing some initial pre-survey systems, uh, you know, really took that further in, in building out this. Uh, this kind of cool system. 
So yeah, that's like one piece of those behavioral questions. Um, and another really focuses on like uh, touching people who uh, sort of yay say, uh, or yeah. there's you know, acquiescence bias, another term yeah. that's used. And so yeah. we, we've developed like a bunch of different lab, uh, libraries with different kinds of questions that we sort of uh, put together to form a kind of encompassing behavioral solution. Cool. I feel like um, we have a lot of complementary and very like-minded companies in terms of data quality. Um, yeah, I, I checked out yeah. your website. Uh, you got a dedicated yeah. page and cool video on everything oh. in the process. Brian, um, yeah. yeah. Brian's over there pumping his fist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you make that, Brian? Yeah, uh, someone on my oh, team cool. did, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to see. Uh, you guys really cover things in, in a lot of depth there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, y'all do some really cool stuff. And, you know, I always love talking to somebody that's passionate about data quality. We, you know, we have a lot of people in our industry, but we still have a lot of hills to climb, I think. Oh, we'll, never, we'll never get perfection, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, we're, we're inching closer towards it every day, I think. So, yeah, I think so. And it's hard to kind of set a standard, you know, and I think yeah. you guys have really done that at your company. We're trying to do it at our yeah. company and and also you know to try to take the show on the road a little bit right yeah. and you know, help other people who yeah. you know maybe have their own sort of more arbitrary methods of dealing with things um set some kind of baseline standard for like yep. well what's the what what can you do to to stop bad data so that like as an industry and really as a society we like are collecting the kinds of data that like let us let us make accurate conclusions exactly um, yeah yeah. Um, how can, if people want more, more information about cloud research or you personally, how can they reach out to you? I'm, I'm assuming LinkedIn and anything yeah, else. Yeah, Link, yeah, LinkedIn's a great place. Definitely feel free to check out our website, which is cloudresearch.com. Um, and, you know, we've got a couple different products there that are worth checking out, including um, our Prime Panels platform, which again, is that sort of aggregate way to reach tons of people and it uses Sentry. Um, we've got the MTurk toolkit and we, we do actually offer Sentry as sort of a standalone product that we um, collaborate with other uh, companies, research teams, sample providers, and you know they can basically just put Sentry on top of their sample and the, the outcomes are just much better. Um, cool. so, yeah, definitely check out the website or reach hit me up on LinkedIn for awesome. And I know you have a lot of academic publications too. You can tell you come from academia. That's really yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the world. That's the world. <laughs> um, we're gonna shift gears. We used to do this this with every guest, and we haven't done this in a while. I thought it'd be fun to kind of get to know you a little bit as someone's yeah. a little bit newer to the industry. And um, we take the marketing mix four Ps. We're gonna do a couple of them here. Um, we switch them to something fun and, and personal. Uh, so the Great. first one is perform. Um, is there something that people don't know about you? Do you have like a hidden talent or anything that's kind of interesting? You know, there. I I think there's always a way to answer that question, right? Everybody's <laughs> got some talent. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm I'm not much of a performer per se, yeah. but I do I do like to um, create things that other people can enjoy. Um, my my more recent binging has been around making doughs of various kinds um like so like those like for baking and bread and things like yeah, that yeah yeah that's it so like baguettes uh challah bread yeah um, 
babka, um, things like that. Uh, pizza, obviously, you gotta gotta have a good pizza dough recipe. Um, that that's kind of. I think my partner would probably say I'm a dough specialist, but I think that's, <laughs> that's far too complimentary for where my current skills are at. It's you know not that long ago we had a discussion around the similar topic that people had this um, as a performer as a little known talent not bread but um, or dough but other similar kind of odd hmm. not not odd but a little bit different I yeah. think that's fascinating to me yeah I I, I want to hear more about you guys too so I'm curious but I feel like you've probably answered that question on the podcast too many times uh, I can ask you afterward. I will, I'll tell you my pandemic one. That's the next one. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've told this one before. I'll tell you. So, you know, what's something fun or quirky that you kind of did during the pan, once the quarantine started? We've done this question for a couple of years. And this is still true. Uh, a couple of years ago when the pandemic started, I can't, first of all, it's hard to say out loud that it's been two years, oh, really. Yeah, I know. It's literally <laughs> been you. two years. And well, I'm a huge sports fan. When they cut out sports, there was a huge hole in my life. I couldn't watch March Madness, college basketball was gone, all these sports were gone. It was just yeah. horrible for me. And so I found on YouTube, Yelly's Marble Racing. Oh my God, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I can't I tell you how much I love Yelly and the marble racing. I'm addicted to it. I watch it on Sundays. Mm -hmm. I love the new seasons. I root for oh. the orange team. And um, I know the other listeners, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I wonder if other people, did you start watching it during the pandemic? Uh, or? You did, you bet. <laughs> Man, you two are alike. <laughs> yeah, That's I spend far too, much, far too much time on YouTube. And it sounds yeah. like you, you might yeah. also. <laughs> yeah, um, you yeah. know. What, what do you have any other other than marble racing? Yeah, which I just well, I, I was just gonna say, you know, just the marble racing one. It's just so funny how how good we are at like finding an in group of some sort and rooting yeah. it, and it it becomes something we can get passionate about. It's, it's so funny. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to. I'd like to wager on it if possible. gambling's legal now. <laughs> right. yeah. Somebody's got to connect them to Vegas in some way, get some odds going. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I uh, kind of along the lines of dough and making things, uh, I, I started like making more things. So I'm mostly like kind of art projects. I, I started doing acrylic pours a lot, um, which is kind of, you get to mix a bunch of colors in like a cup or some sort of other medium and pouring it on canvases and tilting things around and getting a little bit uh, creative and exploratory. So that, that's that been something new for me in the pandemic that I think has, uh, has really helped me make it through what is, yeah, now two years. <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy. Brian, you want to give one of yours? Yeah. So mine isn't just me specific. It's, I've told this on here, I have two little kids, almost five mm -hmm. and seven. So trying to keep them amused and like well, particularly when quarantine hit all right we're stuck in our house for eight weeks or so all right what are we going to do so we started doing like once every, once every other month or so we would have a restaurant type thing where we'll turn our house into a restaurant for them wow. they'll make the menu they'll walk it they'll get dressed up they'll walk in mm -hmm. and they'll order and we'll have all of that going on it's a big production oh that's so, so sweet it's, it, my daughter calls it Olivia's restaurant with chef dad and waitress oh. mom. Wow. So 
I get told the day, the day before this is the menu. So I have to go find all of the stuff to make it. And it's normally kid type food. No, no one's going anything crazy here, but we'll do that. And it'll be a four or five course meal that they'll write out. And we'll do that every couple of months. Wow. That is so fun. What a great replacement of a real world restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that, I say that now that we've been able to go back to restaurants and we do takeout and all of that. Cool. Um, we actually just did it two weeks ago. So. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. It's, you know, these, uh, family time that I think people implemented during pandemic. It's, it's really nice when, you know, that can extend, uh, beyond. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said, Chesky. You mentioned um, you like to build things. And it reminded yeah. me, you're, a little bit you remind me, there's um, a company here in Cincinnati that's, I guess it's somewhat marketing research, but it's also kind of like consulting and a different, we're in the, maybe think tank. Mm. And um, it's called Eureka Ranch. And the owner's name is Doug Hall. And he's like one of those big systems guys like a big Deming person he talks about that a lot Mm -hmm. and he he presented at a conference I was at and talked about how he's he's an inventor Mm. you should research him he's probably interesting guy but he talked about getting patents and Mm. that's Mm -hmm. the patent world is where he said that's where you can make a ton of progress at so some of the builds things Mm. um you might want to reach out to him and and he, he might to help you out because if you like to build things you got to patent it someone can steal your idea right yeah that sounds <laughs> super cool yeah, yeah. We, we actually we actually did uh patent pieces of sentry um, yeah, too um so yeah, yeah, that was that was a, that was a whole process um yeah yeah, bad. Um, yeah it was uh those lawyers they they know a lot and they think differently <laughs> yeah um, so yeah uh, academia, market research, and uh, the legal legal world are all <laughs> very different. Oh boy! Well, um, Chesky, it's really nice to meet you. Um, really interesting guy, doing some cool stuff at Cloud Research, and um, appreciate you joining. And again, if you want more information about Cloud Research, cloudresearch.com, and you can reach out to Chesky on LinkedIn or elsewhere. Um, and thanks again for joining. Yeah, thank you so much, Brian and Brian. Uh, it's been a real <laughs> pleasure. Uh, great to meet you both as well. Thanks for having me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.